Praise God. And Janie and I were out of town this past week. We're up in Boston and Maine, and we were in New Hampshire and, and Rhode Island, and we were seeing all the sites. Uh, we just got a birthday coming up. We thought we'd celebrate it a little bit early while the colors were still in. And I'll tell you, the colors here were every bit as good, if not prettier, on the way in this morning. Just absolutely beautiful. We had such a good time, good food, and the people of Boston are so incredibly kind. I, we were shocked. We thought Northeast, maybe a little rude, maybe a little, but shame on us for prejudging. <laughs> uh, wonderful people. They were just so cool and very helpful. And uh, we, people along the way were telling us where to eat and what to eat and just all kind of cool stuff. So we had fun. Uh, good travel. Good back last night and ready to go today. Um, I love my message today. I love, uh, first of all, I love Thanksgiving. I love the idea of the Thanksgiving holiday because there's not really an exchange of gifts, although Jenny likes to buy gifts no matter what, so she always picks up something for, for the kids for Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, but I love Thanksgiving, love the, love the time of the year, love the, the color change, love the, the coolness, love a morning like today where it's a little wet outside and praying for rain to cease in certain areas this afternoon for certain people so they can have their events and all that. But um, we're going to read the scripture twice today, once out of the Passion Translation and then once out of the uh, ESV, English Standard Version. I'll read it through. It's just four or five verses, uh, three or four verses actually. And then we'll go by line by line uh, because I want, I want to set the tone. I want to set how, how Paul in Philippians really just gravitates to the love he has for the church at Philippi, similar to the love that Janie and I have for Grace Church. We believe we're fortunate enough to pastor the greatest people in all of America, and we're not just saying that. We, we love our, our church home here, the, the people that we're able to do life with and church with, and, and, and I, love the time, I love the name Grace. I love the, the fact that uh, Grace really is on repeat. We have to walk through that Grace every day, and sometimes the Lord will put us in position to understand that uh, even though we require and get Grace, we also have to give Grace out, don't we? We have to understand the makings of Grace, and so we're going to read through, I'll pray, and then we'll go through it line by line, and I hope you enjoy it the same way God gave it to me. Be cheerful and with joyous celebration in every season of your life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we just pray, Lord, that we can open it, Lord, in our heart. What Paul is telling us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we receive it today. Help us, Father, Lord, just for the next, you know, 25 or 30 minutes to set aside things that are on our heart or mind or thought, things we have to do, places we have to go, and just receive your word today. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said, amen. I don't know um, 
I had written a book, and, and that's not neither here nor there, but just and so I don't claim to be an author by any stretch of the imagination, but you get in a mode if you're writing, and you, you kind of want to, you find a place, and, and, and you find a happy place, and, and Paul here is in a happy place. He, he speaks to the church of Philippi uh, 10 different times, different, 10 different ways about uh, being joyful or rejoicing in the Lord. It's an amazing uh, work of art. It's just a letter, but we've made it a book, uh, and it's to the Philippi. He's not bringing correction. He's not being, really bringing instruction. He's talking to the church as if he was the father. He's the, he's the church planter of the, of the church at Philippi, and so he's writing them to them. And I want you to take five seconds and think of a happy place. Think of a Costa Rica or, or somewhere that maybe you've been, or Barbados, or maybe you've been to Cabo or a mountaintop. There's a, a rock formation in the Rockies that uh, Janie and I like to go to because there's pictures of our kids when they were real little and then they were bigger and, and bigger and we'd taken the family there. And, and think just for a moment, just pause and think, maybe where's that happy place at? Maybe it's even at the kitchen sink doing dishes or maybe it's a family picnic. Think of a place of joy. I had read recently where Ernest Hemingway's family owned a big home in the Florida Keys and they gave it to him instead of the other siblings. And that's where he'd written many of his novels from. And John Mayer had written an album uh, at his place. In fact, he bought a place in Montana, a large ranch up there, so that he could go there for six months without leaving to write an album. And he wanted to kind of get into that happy place, he called it, that, that joyful place. And so maybe there's a place, maybe it's walking on the ocean, driving the parkway uh, in the fall in North Carolina, going back home. In our case, it's going back to South Omaha. Janie and I like to drive through South Omaha, look at some of the houses we lived in or where we both grew up and see some of the sites and, and have memories of the high school where we met at. And we, we, do it, we do it every time and we go back two or three times a year. And we, every time we have to go down 24th Street where South High School is. And, and there's memories there. It's a joyful time. Paul is in a joy full state here. He's, he's writing to the church he loves at Philippi. He's writing to the people he loves, the church that he planted. He's writing encouragement, and he's talking the whole time about joy. There should be joy in your life. There's got to be joy. And the only way to have true joy, in my opinion, I think Paul would, uh, would, would, would agree with this, is that you have to have thanksgiving, a heartfelt Thanksgiving. If you can have a heartfelt Thanksgiving, then you can also have joy. Uh, you know, you're, you, you learn in life that sometimes you say thank you maybe automatically, and I think saying thank you anymore is almost a, a lost art. We, we're not as thankful of a society as we are or as we were maybe at one time. Our, all of our grandkids Every single one of them are very, uh, very gracious, very thankful. I, they're, uh, Janie will make them something or buy them something. Thank you, Grammy. I mean, for the oldest, uh, Brady, who is now about three inches taller than me, uh, to the very youngest, <laughs> Judah, they are so thankful. Well, I think at a time or two, some, every now and then, it, it will backfire a little bit. I, I know Sayla, who's got of a mind of her own, uh, she's the... She's the um, uh, only daughter, or granddaughter, and so uh, there for a while when uh, mom and dad wanted her to take a nap, she would say, no, thank you. <laughs> it's rest time. Say, no, thank you. 
It's like, <laughs> I'm saying the right words. No, no, thank you. Uh, I don't have to take a nap. Yes, you still have to take a nap. It's nice that you're being polite, but I said no thank you. <laughs> and I, I think sometimes God thinks the same way. We're like, God tells us to do things, and we're like, with our actions, no thank you, God. I got this one. And Paul is encouraging us that we should have joy, but we should also be heartfelt in our thanksgiving that it should be really meaningful. And I like what Paul is saying and how he's saying it. And I, I want you to think of that happy place because Paul seems to be in a happy place here. If he's teaching us on joy and he's teaching us on thanksgiving, he must be in a happy place. But little people, little do people know that are the average churchgoer that Paul is writing this from prison. Like he's in jail and been there for two years. His feet are in shackles, his hands are in shackles, and then his feet and uh, hands are shackled together. And maybe an hour or so a day is he loosened, and he gets to write really quickly to this church in Philippi that he loves. And sometimes we think the enemy is attacking us if our car doesn't start, or if our plane is late. Or if something goes wrong in our life, it's like, ah, oh, that demon. It's not necessarily what Paul is saying. Is Paul is telling us here that in all things, we should find joy. We should be thankful. So let's think about that for a moment. He's not walking a beach. He's not climbing a mountain. He's not eating at his favorite restaurant. All of things I like to do. He's in jail. I can't uh, imply that enough. He's in prison, and it's not like a modern-day prison. In this prison, there were no bathrooms. Your prison cell was your bathroom. There were no toilets. Mushy-type food one time a day would be passed underneath the door, and that's what he ate with a glass of water. But it wasn't a glass of water. It was water from somewhere. And yet he found joy. Like, he found thanksgiving. And it was heartfelt. Let's go to the ESV version, Philippians 4, verse number 4, and we'll stop and we'll camp at each verse for a moment because I want to reread it in this realm so that you can really grasp what Paul is telling us in his worst state. Now, remember, he had been beaten three times, 39 times. He had been left for dead. He had been left in the deep. He had been betrayed by friends. He had been betrayed by enemies. He had all these things. He had the care of the churches, and he's telling this church at Philippi, man, rejoice in the Lord all always. Again, I say rejoice. This is a guy who, have you lost your mind, Paul? Are you crazy? What do you have to be joyful about? Rejoice. And Janie says it quite a bit. You know, when the Bible says, verily, verily, Jesus speaking, or a mother would say, listen, listen, now listen up. He's saying the same thing. Rejoice, church. Church, rejoice. It's, it's, your, it's your pleasure. It's, it's your opportunity. It's, it should be your desire to come into a group of people and say, God, I love you. Can we take five seconds and give Lord a shout of praise like he can hear it from the heavenlies because he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy. Rejoice in the Lord. This is Paul. Think about it. Paul has written the, 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 the iconic Philippians, four chapters, very short book. 
You can read it in a few moments. Rejoice in the Lord always again. I say rejoice, verse number five. Then he says, let your reasonableness, and in the Greek that would be gentleness. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. David said, in the Psalms, Lord, if I go to the highest of heavens, if I go to the, the lowest of middle earth, you're there. You're everywhere, God. And this is what Paul is saying. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. Be, be gentle. Doug, I've been around you now for several years. I, I don't think you're fake. Every time I'm around you, you're one of the most gentle people I've ever met. And maybe you're faking around us. I've known you now for eight years or nine years or ten years. But you're very gentle. It's, it's like, like gentle people are cool. Right? It's like it can't be fake. Is it maybe, Lisa, I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe, maybe there's, <laughs> Lisa confirms he's a, he's a gentle person. Paul is saying in prison we should all be gentle to each other. And then he says this very cool word, the Lord is at hand. Why does he say that? Because God is everywhere and he's watching us. But, Barry, he wants people to see Christ in us. He wants us to be gentle so that people can say, wow. Like, I know what you're going through and yet you still act like that. It's like sometimes we think we have reason to be rude to people. Well, I'm having a bad day. I'm, you, you need to have a bad day too. I've been guilty. Maybe you don't have to raise your hand. Maybe you've been guilty too. Lord, give me the spirit of gentleness so that I can be gentle with all people. Well, pastor, they'll just run over me if I'm gentle. No, they won't. God won't let them. God will not let them run over you. God will watch out for you. God will look out for you. God will take care of you. Jesus died for you. He tells Pontius Pilate, you have no power except the power that my Father has given you with a gentle spirit. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. In fact, Paul writes in Philippians, and it's an iconic book. You need to go home and read it this week. Again, only four chapters. But he says this, I want you to know brothers and sisters, sidebar, so our youngest grandson, Judah, he's cool. And uh, I, I love the way he says, father, mother, brother. And so I asked him one day, Judah, do you have any brothers? Yeah, I have 14 brothers. 14 brothers. And so then later in the day, I said, how many brothers do you have? Don't you remember? I told you I have 14 brothers. And, and, and Paul, I think Paul's like, the, like, Paul counts everybody as his brother. And I think Judah's counting, counting his little classmates as all, they're all brothers to him. And I think, so he's, you know, 14 kids in class or so. He's educated. But Paul's like, hey, brothers, just a second. W wait a second. That what has happened to me has really served to advance the kingdom. It's really served to advance the gospel. This is the Philippians, the first chapter. So Paul is saying, hey, me being in prison isn't a bad thing. We would maybe mope, complain, have a pity party. What about me? This is unjust. This is, this is cruel. This is rude. God, where are you? We'd ask all these questions. Paul is saying, man, this is a really good thing. It's advancing the kingdom of God. 
like the gospel is growing because I'm in prison. What an attitude of joy. What an attitude of heartfelt thanksgiving that these things that are working against me uh, technically here are actually good for the kingdom of God. What a mature attitude to have. What a, what a, mature, what a mature thought. Like, it's not, what, you mean it's not about me? What do you mean it's not about me? What do, you, what do you mean it's not? What do you mean my name's not in life? What do you mean my name's not on the front? What do you mean it's not about? And then Paul goes on to say, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. And he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. The writer of Hebrews, some think maybe is Paul, says in the 12th chapter, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And I wonder what the joy was. I think the joy was you. I think the joy was me. I think the joy was us knowing that Yes, there may be suffering in our love, and I don't want to diminish it. There's a lot of people that suffer in a lot of different ways. I think we're wrong if we say just, you know, get over it. I, I think what Paul is saying here, though, is that this light and momentary trial, which he does speak of in the Scriptures, has actually worked out for my good. It's actually advanced the kingdom of God. Why is it? Because the Lord is at hand. Why? Because God sees shows himself faithful in your weakness. He made strong and people see how you're suffering and it actually brings God glory. Unbelievable. I mean, literally unbelievable. And yes, we could grow a huge dynamic church if I always talked about how blessed you could be and nobody wants to hear about suffering, but the nuts and bolts is there will be suffering in your life. There will be days where Things aren't going to work out where you have lost a loved one, a family member, a friend, where things didn't work out. You didn't get the job or the contract or the career that you wanted in your life, but it has worked out for God's good because you've put all your faith, hope, trust, belief, and confidence in him. And I like what Paul says, the Lord is that, remember, he's in jail. He's in prison. He's not at the Florida Keys like Hemingway was. He's not in Montana at his ranch like John Mayer was when he wrote uh, Paradise Valley. He's not in those locations. He's in jail, and he's in a primitive jail cell. Verse number six then says, do not be anxious about anything. We could stop there for the day. Because anxiety runs high in, in the world today, especially in America. We, we have social media that keeps us posted on what we're not and how good we're not and how we don't look a certain way. But that's not biblical. That's not scriptural. It's, it's, not that I, 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 it's not that maybe I'm going to have some sorrow. It's not that maybe I'm going to have some, even a little doubt but I need to not be anxious. Is it going to work out? Is it not going to work out? Turn it over to God's hands because if God cares about the, even the little sparrow, he cares more about you. And he tells us then how to overcome anxiety. But in everything, everybody say but. But. Say it like with conviction. But. But. I love that. But my God. Right? In which Paul actually says a few verses, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. This is Paul from a prison cell. This isn't Paul on a cruise boat eating all he can. 
This isn't Paul in the Bahamas having a happy birthday. This is Paul in a prison cell saying, wait a second. But in everything by prayer and supplication, supplication means being humbly bowing or humbly uh, coming before God. So in prayer and in humble supplication or humble prayer, all right, with thanksgiving. And so now I'm not coming to God saying, okay, God, you owe me. I, I've heard people say before, I told God, what you tell God? Well, I told God this is the way I want it. This year is my year. I don't know if that's the right approach. I don't know if telling God is the right approach. I think you can remind God of his word. God, you said in your word, I can come boldly before the throne room of grace. But Paul is saying the best way to come boldly before the throne room of grace is by coming humbly with prayer and what? Thanksgiving, God, I thank you. 37 uh, verified miracles did Jesus do in the Gospels. 37. And nearly everyone before a miracle takes place, he says, Father, I thank you. Or, Father, that you can be glorified. Or, Father, this is for your glory, honor, and praise. Or, Father, so that your will will be done. He always did it with thanksgiving. And in a society where thanks, thank yous are, are, are minimal, we, we take that into our prayer time with God. Father, I just thank you for who you are. Like, hey, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. I'm going to see you in a minute. <laughs> are you with me? Listen. Oh, you can't say that. Why, why not? Paul said it. Paul's like, just be thankful. Let your request be made known to God. So here he tells us, pray. Good to pray. Be humble in your prayer. That's supplication. Be thankful in your prayer. And then let your request be made known to God. Let God know that you are requesting things of him, but you're thankful that he's even going to listen to, to you or to me. The world is a vast place, beautiful. There's beauty everywhere. So, Janie, you never really need to leave America if you don't want to. It's so beautiful. We, we've been fortunate enough to, to see the, the northern part of Maine to the southern part of California to the northern part of Washington to the southern part of Florida and many places in between. And, there, and we've gone to seven, I think, di seven different countries. So we've seen different places. We're not world travelers, but we love, we love what we see. And yet you see God in all these things and all these different people and all these different cultures. And God, I can't help but be thankful for what you've given us, the opportunity to pray. Make your requests known. I like the word Paul uses there. It's not like an order. It's, it's not a command. It's thanksgiving and requests. Lord, if it, if it be your will. In fact, Jesus says that. Lord, if, if, it's, if it's your will, if it's your way. Oh, yeah, but, you know, Pastor, we've been taught, you know, Maybe, maybe it was the erroneous teaching. Maybe God really does want us to come humbly. Maybe God does really want us to come with thanksgiving. Maybe God does really want us to come prayerful. Because we know he's everywhere. He sees everything. We know, and I love that song, Grace on Repeat. We, we know that he's telling us that there's grace on repeat. But when I come with thanksgiving, and the only way, my opinion 
that you can have true joy that Paul is talking to us about today. Ten times in Philippians, joy or rejoicing. Ten times. So he's trying to, he's trying to bring something home. He's trying to make a point. The only way you can have true joy is if you are truly thankful. Because otherwise, it's happiness because something worked out. Well, you're a joyful person. Well, you know, they got money in the bank. Their house is paid for. Things are happening. It's all good. Yeah, there's a lot of joy. But as soon as some, the bottom drops out, as soon as something happens, all of a sudden their joy goes, they're not thankful. But when you're thankful for what you have, I had a 1973 Powder Puff Blue, Malibu Classic, White Lando roof, no reverse. I couldn't afford it. Transmission went out. It could only go forward. So when Janie went to the store and she pulled in wrong, the, back in the day where the, the people who bagged the groceries would come out, she would ask the bagger, could you push me out of the parking spot? <laughs> we were poorer than poor. I, we, we were dirt poor. And then she would drive off. I washed that car every Saturday. Why you wash a car that doesn't run right? I was just thankful for it. I was just thankful. Thank God, thank you that we have three little babies and she doesn't have to walk to the store. <laughs> At least it would get us there. We'd pull up. Thankfully, we lived on a hill. We'd pull up in front of our, our duplex that they tore down as soon as we moved out, put it in neutral, and we'd coast backwards down the driveway. Park it. Whether they say that necessity is the grounds for invention or something, we eventually got reverse in there. It took us a while, maybe six months. I felt bad. I felt ashamed, but I was thankful. God, thank you. Thank you. God, thank you. Doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter your aspirations in life. You need to continue to have them. But every step along the way, be thankful for where you're at. Be thankful for who you are. Paul says, I am who I am by the grace of God. Be thankful and then let your requests be made known to God. Don't be demanding. Don't command God. Don't, don't rebuke God. Don't say, don't be a little winery a guy that wants to always have their things their way. God, it's your planet. It's your world. I'm just living in it, Lord. If you would, with a thankful spirit, and a joyful heart. God, here's what I'd like. Would you heal my friend or save my family? Would you grow me in Christ? Would you allow me to be a witness or a testimony? Would you allow me to share the good news? Verse 7, and last but not least, he says, in the peace of God, if we do those things that he just mentioned, if we uh, prayer and we humbly with thanksgiving, God is there, make a request known, and then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. This is a man writing this not from a hilltop of his Montana ranch or the Florida Keys seeing the beach every day. He's in a prison cell. And by the way, historians tell us that they had to change guards every 15 minutes or Paul would leave them to Christ with the love and grace that he had because he was joyful. Now, many of us, myself included, or let me just talk about myself, I don't know how joyful I would be in a primitive Roman prison cell waiting to be executed. But every 15 minutes they would change guards or he would lead them as a Christ follower. And the guards would put down their spear, whatever they were, their weapon was, their sword, and they would walk out and say, I, I, I got to follow his God. This guy's incredible. 
It's worked out for his good. He says that. It's worked out for his good. Come on back, worship team. Let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Why, why if I just have joy, and if I'm just thankful, then all of a sudden, it doesn't necessarily matter. It doesn't, like, I wish Paul would say, and then the great God would take care of all your problems. The great God would, would make sure that nobody in your life dies ever. The, the great God would make sure that you have finances, just innumerable things would take place. The great, no, he says the peace of God would surpass all understanding and your heart and your mind would be guarded so that the enemy would not be able to put doubt and fear into you anymore. Will it work out? Yes, it will. Will it work out the way I want it to? Maybe not. But it will work out. If I cast all my cares upon Christ as Peter tells me to do, then he says, Christ will care for you. And Christ will care for me. And then that makes a heartfelt, thankful spirit with, as Paul says 10 times, joy or rejoicing. Why? Why? How can I have joyful hard if I've been diagnosed with this, this disease or if I, if my, if I lost a, 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 a tremendous young child in my life? How, how can I be joyful if, uh, if my company went under or, 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 or the bank uh, uh, seized all my money? How can I be joyful? Because God's in control and God knows how he's going to work it out, even though we don't. Stand with me today, right where you're at, if you would. And the spirit of thanksgiving and the spirit of joy and the spirit of love and life and laughter. It's important that we know that to be thankful doesn't mean that we have. And to be thankful doesn't mean that we're going to get. To be thankful doesn't mean that we're, you know, we're riding the, the waves or the mountaintop. To be thankful is a, is a place that says right here, right now, God, I'm thankful. Lord, I, I couldn't be more thankful. And that brings a spiritual joy upon us. And so I want you to close your eyes for a second and just think of that happy place. And maybe it is a beach or a location. Maybe it's another country. Maybe it's a paradise. Maybe it's a mountaintop. Maybe it's your backyard. Maybe it's a picnic. Maybe it's a parkway. Maybe it's on horseback or the racetrack or with a backpack. Maybe it's just you and your family. Think of that happy place. But what if something happened to the happy place? Would you still be thankful today? Would you still have joy unspeakable and full of glory? Would you still be able to be a witness and a testimony to God or your uh, happiness is a conditional upon your situation? And Paul's situation was in dire, dire straits. He was in jail, chained to himself, ankles to wrists, feces and rats all around him. They let him go for an hour a day. He could write a letter to the person, to the church he loves in Philippi. And he says, rejoice. Always and again, I say rejoice. Have joy, be thankful. We're going to sing another song, but I just encourage you right now. With everything in you, 
just to offer thanksgiving to the Father, the Creator, the one who loves you so much he sent his Son for you to die. If you're comfortable doing so, raise your hands. Father, we're thankful. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for your Son. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.
feel like we got to go back to Sunday school a little bit and just go, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. The joy, 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 joy.
There's so many out there. I think of James Brown who has such an incredible testimony and they can still say, you know what, I'm going to choose to have joy in my hard time. I'm just going to give thanks for maybe the six hours I got to hold that baby or the time I did get to, to see that parent or that loved one. So this year as we're coming into the Thanksgiving season, look at it a little bit different rather than just being sad or depressed, but say, I'm going to choose to have joy and thank you, Lord, for the hours and the moments that I did get to hold or be with that person in my life and receive the joy and just give thanks for that. I just thought that was such a great message. I just, I loved it. He said, it's just so simple. Sometimes we just have to re be reminded to say thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for the time you gave us with whatever it is you for that moment and just be have a heart of gratitude amen that's a good word wasn't it it was so good so good praise god okay let me just bless you father we love you and we thank you lord that we can have joy in all situations i pray lord that you would comfort and give peace to each person who's going through a situation lord where they're just saying lord i just don't know how to handle this but lord your glory is going to be seen through the the victory and the way they handle this situation and i just praise you for that joy i ask now that you would help us to have a heart of thanksgiving a true heartfelt thank you heart lord let us come into this season knowing that we are grateful for the greatest gift ever given the price that you paid for us we love you and we bless you in jesus name amen love y'all so much don't forget to go downstairs and get your coat for your kids this morning love you be blessed thank you for joining us for today's service if God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.